Hi, this is Pastor Rick. Welcome to On Demand. I want to show you today how you get to the finish line. You know, you get there by making sure that you're consistent. You get there by making sure you watch your time. You get there by making sure you have stamina and you get there by making sure that you believe you can. There's something about believing that you can get there, believing that you have the strength and the courage and the, and the power to get to the end of this assignment that you're working on. If you don't believe you can, forget it. You can believe in God, you can believe in, other, believe in other people, but if you don't believe in you, you're toast. I'll show you how to do that in this study. It's a great study. Stay right there. Be right back and pray for you at the end. Enjoy today's message. I want you to turn your Bibles. I want you to get ready for me to take you on a journey. James chapter one is where we're going to go today. And I want to talk about uh, the last piece in this puzzle we've been talking about. We've been talking about how you get to the finish line. My argument has been some people never finish. Some people never get to the end. They always talk about stuff, but they never do it. I am a big believer in finishing. Now, finishing isn't easy. Finishing can be complicated. Finishing can be confusing. Uh, you know, one of the things I like about school is getting A's. Oh, oh, God, nothing like it. There's nothing like doing an assignment and getting your grade back in this 99.9. I, like, I really like 100, but I'll take 99.9. There's nothing like feeling as if you, you, you wrapped your arms around the material and you communicated it well and, and, the, and the teacher gave you this great grade. There's nothing like it. It's a good feeling. Uh, finishing an assignment, finishing your taxes early. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Man, it's due in April. Imagine being done in March or February. Good God Almighty. What a great feeling. You know, it's horrible when you got to get extensions and you just, oh, it's terrible. But when you finish, when you absolutely are finished, when you finish the house, when you finish the lawn, when you finish getting dressed and you look in the mirror and you go, all right, all right, all right, looking pretty good today. I mean, that's just good stuff. But when you don't finish, it's frustrating. What I've done in the study is I've told you four things that I think are key to finishing. One is being consistent. You're never going to finish things if you're not consistent. We did a whole sermon, talked about that. It's a great message. Number two, we talked about you watching your time. You're never going to finish if you're not time conscious. And if you think that you have forever to do something, you're wrong. You got to keep your eyes on the clock and be clear. You don't have forever to fix the marriage, to bend, mend the relationship with the child, uh, you know, start a business. You don't have forever to do that. Thirdly, I said you have to have stamina. You have to be able to, to hold, you know, hold up against mental and physical pressure. You have to make that, that, that strong mental effort. And there are times when it's, it's just brain work. It's just sitting there and, and getting it done. Slowly, I believe in pieces. I don't believe in you know, uh, studying. There's a book, um, the name of it is called How to, How to Study, and it really inspired me. Because part of the challenge uh, for me is in studying, um, which is one of my big joys of life, I have learned that you cannot, you cannot succeed, and I'm trying to find the book for you. There's something you, you, can't, you can't learn to, to do this if, you don't, if you're not the kind of person who studies, and I am a big student. And in this book, How to Study, it has really been just a really big help to me. And it, 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 it kind of lifted my mind. It's called Learning to, I love, there's a couple of them. It's called Learning to Learn, that's one by Oakley, Learning to Learn. That's a good book. Really helped me a lot. And then there's one, it's called How to Study the Bible by K. Arthur. That was really good too, How to Study the Bible. But Learning How to Learn, uh, it's called How to Succeed in School Without Spending All Your Time Studying. It's a great book. 
by a guy, uh, Oakley and Barbara, and it's just wonderful. And I have to put it up on the screen for you so you can see it. But, but in reading about studying and, and learning, one of the, one of the things that, that gets you there is pieces, working the pieces, piece by piece by piece by piece by piece, and not trying to do it all at one time. 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. I work on all my sermons like that, piece by piece by piece. When you do that, it, it, and you apply a little bit of time, a little bit of time, a little bit of time, and you slowly develop stamina, and you tend to finish more things. If you try to do everything at one time, um, I clean my closets out that way. Uh, I'm always having to go back and do things in pieces. I keep my house clean that way. Uh, I wash towels like that. I wash clothes like that. I don't wash clothes once a week. I wash clothes um, every day, all the time. Uh, it's a habit of mine. Pray for me. But, I, but I've learned that I get big stacks and it just drowns me. Big stacks to fold, big stacks. Well, Pastor Ricky, I thought, I thought a man of your caliber didn't wash clothes. Well, I wear clothes. So uh, I joined in the fight and washed my clothes. I washed everything you see. I am a man who <laughs> believes in uh, working the pieces. And, and it really does work for me. Success has come to me in pieces. And there's something about that discipline that helps. Well, anyway, moving on. So, so you need, number one, consistency if you want to finish. Number two, you need to watch your time, okay? Number three, you need stamina. And here's the fourth thing you need, faith. You need faith. You need faith in yourself and faith in God and faith in others. Three different people. I want to say it again. You need faith in God, faith in yourself, and faith in others if you're going to succeed. If you are the kind of person who only has faith in God, God, you will work it out. We used to love that song, you know, Jesus will work it out if you let him. You know, it's a great song. You know, good toe tapper. But if you assume that it's somehow God's responsibility to do everything, all you have to do is pray and your money will get right. Or you just pray and you'll get in shape. Pray and your marriage will be better. Pray and you help. No. Pray and you get opportunity. No, that's not how it works. There, there's faith in God. There's an element of that. Then there's faith in yourself. You believe in you. You believe you can do this. And there are times I have to tell myself, come on, Temple, you can do this. You can do this. You can continue down this path. You don't have to be afraid. I'm, I'm intimidated at times just like you. The difference between courage and fear is you do what you're afraid to do. You do what you're afraid to do. You do what's not comfortable. But, you, but if you break it down into pieces, I promise you it's going to be a lot easier. So faith in God, faith in yourself, and ready. This is the third one. You got to have faith in other people. You're never going to be a great boss if you don't have faith in people that work for you. If everybody around you is dumb and you're the smartest person around, you are not a good boss. You need to, you need to be able to build people around you up so they can be strong. It's not about being over people, some pastors really get that wrong. It's about inspiring people. Ephesians 4.11, give you a verse. This is not planned, but I'll just give it to you. Ephesians 4.11. He said he gave apostles, pastors, pastors, prophets, uh, pastors, evangelists, pastors, <laughs> evangelists, apostles, prophets, teachers, all those folks. I can get it right out of here in a minute. All of them for one purpose, for the perfecting of the saints. Now, you know, I'll tell you, one of the, one of the tremendous funny things is out of all of my years in the Bible, and I've had a lot of them, I cannot believe that I am sloppily quoting that verse. So what we're going to do is pause and we're going to read it ourselves because this verse is worth reading. So God gave himself the apostles. There you go. The prophets, <laughs> the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers 
for one purpose. Ephesians 4, 11, now verse 12, to equip the saints. The, word Greek, the Greek word that's used there is the word that means to mend the bone. It's to heal. The goal is we equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So my job is not to do it all. My job is to inspire other people. I got to have faith in other people. That's what the Bible teaches. That's my, my core assignment. And if we're not careful, that gets lost. And you'll get sidetracked and you'll somehow assume that all this is about you. All this is about coming to hear the man of God. All this is about everybody sitting at my feet and listening to me talk. As a matter of fact, if I can just really go off for just a minute, part of the problem, I think, with the way we structure church is there's no engagement. Jesus sat with the apostles, talked to them, answered questions. It was very interactive. And I'm not saying you need to have something where you never can finish a sentence without people raising their hands, but I do believe there has to be some natural interaction where people can talk to you. If you can hide, you can hide behind this pulpit, but you don't raise people who think if you don't let them talk to you. There's something profound about Q&A and questions and answers and uh, engagement. Well, anyway, those are the key things that are important if you want to reach the finish line. You got to have consistency. You got to watch your time. You got to make sure you have stamina. And then thirdly, you got to make sure that you have faith, faith in God, yourself and in others. Now, turn to James chapter one, verse five. And let me show you a text, James chapter one, verse five. And this is where I want to kind of land for a little bit here. This is the, the place where it 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 it. it it explains in more detail this principle I just shared. If any of you lack wisdom, here's what you should do. Ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And he says, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Notice this, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unable, unst I'm sorry, unstable in all that they do. Unable probably fits too, but the word is unstable. If they're not, if they don't believe. Believing is not some kind of um, straining out confidence. It's not, it's not, that's, not, that's not what we're talking about. The word that's used, the idea there is that you, you have confidence. That the path you're on, you, you take because you believe this is the better path. And so here's, here's what he says. If you don't know what to do, ask God, he'll tell you what to do. And when you come to him, don't doubt, because if you doubt, it's over. If you're not sure that this will work. You know, one of the, one of the great questions I could ask you right now that would be fascinating is, when it comes to your love decisions, is God involved or not, your approach to it? Most people, when it comes to God, their love life, their money, when it comes to how they respond in anger, when it comes to resolving conflict, they exclude God from those areas of their life. Now, if they get a bad consequence, then they pray to God. So in other words, they don't honor God in giving, they don't do anything they don't manage their money. They don't save any money. They don't follow the biblical guidelines, the spiritual guidelines from finances. But when they get in financial trouble, then they pray and ask God to save them. They do the same thing when it comes to romance. They, they romance the way they want to. Uh, but when romance don't go, doesn't go well and their heart's broken and they're praying and crying in the corner, then they want to pray to God and say, God, please help me. And I can keep going down the row here and say, you know, when it comes to most of your life, he's excluded from the decision. But in this text, he says, ask God and he'll give you wisdom. If you ask God, he'll give you wisdom. Now that's 
That's an invitation. Here's what he said. I won't, I won't mock you. I won't say, oh, dummy, I can't believe you asked me that. It won't be like that at all. And I really think it's important for you to understand there are three reasons we often stop believing. And I think these three reasons will help you readjust your approach to God and readjust your faith. Remember, you're never going to finish if you don't believe. God in yourself and in others. And in this specific section, we're talking about believing God. That this is what the word says. And so based on that, I'm going to respond to this lifestyle choice because this is what the word says. I mean, I feel it. I may not understand it. It may not be comfortable for me, but this is what the Bible says. So let me give you three reasons we often stop believing. Three reasons we often stop believing we can do something. Here's, here they go. Number one, we doubt ourselves. Verse five and six talk about that in James chapter one. We come and we doubt. We, we're not sure. Secondly, we are not sure what to ask. We doubt because should I ask God for this or should I ask God for that? Number three, we fear being wrong. So we don't want to be wrong. So we, we think God's going to find some fault with us. And that's why he goes to great length in the text to say, listen, I'm not like that. I'm not the kind of God who's, who wants you to doubt yourself. I don't want you to be unsure. I don't want you to think that somehow I'm looking to find fault in you. What I want you to do is come to me with full confidence. You know, there's nothing like having somebody you can come to and say, this is what I think. This is what I believe. This is where I am. And you can lay it there. And, and he says, OK, that, that's what I want you to do. Because I, I, I know you'll never finish. You'll never get to where you want to be if your life and your mind is full of doubt and unbelief. I see this all the time. Some of the people that I think have great confidence when I deal with them or when I talk to them, I can see they have great insecurities. So think, think about your life. Look at those three things and ask yourself, am I doubting myself? Am I, am I acting as if I'm not sure if I can ask God? Let me check and see if I'm the kind of person who's always worrying about being wrong. And, and if I'm wrong, they're going to mock me and laugh at me and God's going to laugh at me. If you can get past that, you can finish. You're spending a lot of time in that area and you don't need to be there. Here's the second thing I want you to think about. Three reasons we can start believing we can. Three reason, reasons we can start believing. Number one, God doesn't want us to doubt. He said, I don't want you to doubt. Number two, God wants to give you wisdom. He said, I want to show you. I've learned that if I invest time with him, he shows me. If I open my heart and mind, simple things just lead me to, to decisions that are wiser than then I would be on my own. But I have to have confidence and I have to believe that I am in, a, in, a, in, in life. I'm in, I'm in life. I'm in my best season. And I want to say it better. This is what I want to say. I'm in my best life when I trust God and I say, God, I really believe that you can help me. And if I do that and I start believing, Wisdom seems to flow into my life. So number one, God doesn't want us to doubt. Number two, God wants us to give us wisdom. And number three, God is not looking to find fault. He already knows. He already knows what's wrong with us. He already knows that we're jacked up, messed up and confused. He's not at all shocked or, or, or bothered that we are confused. I just I, I don't know why Christians somehow in our teaching, we made people extremely insecure. Extremely insecure. I love church. I, I appreciate church. I, I think it's a great. I love 
being a pastor. I think it's a great job, great calling. But if I make my child dependent upon me to the degree that they can't function for one week without me, I haven't been a good parent. If, 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 if they are afraid to come to me and ask for wisdom because they think I'm going to mock them or laugh at them, I haven't been a good parent. I'm not even a good friend. See, notice what James is saying. Get rid of all of that. Get rid of all of that. I, I don't believe in creating these dependent cultures. Let me say it again. These dependent cultures that tie people to these places where they can't be free. If you don't get to the point that you're willing to be consistent, you're willing to be honest about your time on the clock, if you don't develop more stamina and believe you can, you will leave a lot in your life unfinished. You will never finish. Your life will look like your debt, your debt and your garage. Your life will look like your debt and your garage. That mound of debt you owe that you can't get rid of. And it's like it just never goes away. And for some of you, and I've been here, I'm not there now, but I've been there where you got this stuff in your garage and it's like, it's like piling up and your life looks like that. And, and you just don't believe you can get rid of the debt and you don't believe you can get rid of the garage junk. And so you just live with it. You just accept it. I am, um, I'm surprised at myself. I'm surprised at what I didn't believe I could do. I'm surprised at what I've accepted at times in my life. I'm surprised how quickly unbelief flows into my mind. I'm surprised at how easily I'm influenced by people's negative opinions. It has, it has become a, uh, an important part of my, my development to say, no, I'm not thinking that. I'm not going to be that insecure. Because James 1 says, God wants to give me wisdom. God wants to free me from all of that stuff. God doesn't want my life piled up with debt. He doesn't want my garage. He doesn't want my world. He doesn't want me, he doesn't want me to look around and feel, and feel awful about me. He wants me to believe I can. Not just believe in him. He wants me to believe that I can be okay. And, and that's really important. At, at the core of this, you don't finish if you don't believe you can. And so now it's time for you to decide. Do you want to finish? Now there's four things I want you to take from this series. Four things I want you to take from this whole talk we've had. Number one, some things need to be finished in your life and you need to face that. I don't know what they are. You need to probably write a list of them. There are some things you need to just finish. Number two, you do not have forever to finish. You don't have forever. You just don't. You don't have forever. I'm sorry. You just don't have forever. I wish you did, but you don't. And number three, you need more stamina. Some of you are too, too touchy, too weak, too soft. You're full of the Bible. You go to church. You talk about God all the time. But then you're crying over what this sister didn't say to you or that one didn't say. Or My goodness. You know, I wonder sometimes what good was all that work, 
all that praying if, if you have no stamina, if you're, not, if you're not stronger. Finally, my brethren, Paul said to the Ephesian church, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Finally, my brethren, last thing he says, I want to tell you, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. There's something about coming to the point where you say, I, I don't want to be weak anymore. I don't want to be wimpy. I don't want to be weak. I don't want to be apologizing. I, I, want, to, I want to have faith. I want to get up with confidence. <laughs> lastly, we need to serve God like we believe him. Number one, Make sure we decide we want to finish. Number two, decide that this is not going to be forever. I don't have forever. Number three, I need stamina. Number four, I need to serve God like we believe in him. I need to say, God, I believe in you. I, I don't think that it's healthy for you to pretend that you believe God when your lifestyle says you don't. I think it's healthier to say, I don't know that I trust God. I don't know that I want to, want to do what he said. I don't know that obedience, total obedience matters to me. That's a better start than faking it. Tell yourself the truth. Tell yourself the truth. You'll fight better if you do. Now, next time we gather, I'm going to take us on another road. There's a lot been going on lately in the world, and I want to talk about it. Four things that I want you to get ready to talk about that answer one question. Why do we fight? Why do we fight? There's a lot of fighting going on in the world. There's a lot of angry people. And I believe there are four reasons that we fight. I'll let you read ahead of me in James chapter four, but I'm going to show you why I believe people fight. The reasons. And there's four specific reasons why. But I want to tell you one thing I want you to do. I want you to fight for yourself. I want you to fight to believe God today. I want to pray for you. Father, let this be a moment of healing, grace, and strength. Believing you is one of the best choices I've ever made. Believing that your way of talking is better than cussing everybody out and being mad and fighting and swinging my arms around and acting up. Father, I, I believe that morally that obeying you when it comes to purity and sexual purity is a better route than, than sleeping around with everybody and being all out of control. I believe it's better to be sober minded, not be living on intoxicants and needing a fix and a drug to feel okay. And Father, I believe it's, it's, it's your way is better to forgive than to hold a grudge. Lord, there are a lot of us who need to believe you. Our lifestyles, our attitudes need to be a reflection of what we say we believe. If we're going to finish well, we have to make sure we start believing what you say. And once we believe what you say, we need to believe in ourselves and then inspire those around us. So we leave today, God, thanking you for this series, thanking you for the answer to the question, how do you finish well? What can you do to finish well? Well, God, we commit to being consistent. We can commit to watching the time. We commit to developing stamina. And we commit to trusting you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray I inspired you to believe you can. You know, that is the key to this. If you don't believe you can, you'll never have stamina. 
If you don't believe you can, you'll waste your time. If you don't believe you can, you'll never be consistent. It's about you coming to that conviction that I can do this. And that is something that you have to believe. The Bible said, according to your faith, so be it unto you. So I want you to believe today. Let me pray for you. Father, let those who've heard this message be inspired to believe they can. There's nothing like coming to that place where you say, I can do this and meaning it with all their heart, I pray. May they come to that place where they say, this is possible for me. And I declare this victory in their life in Jesus' name. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. I've enjoyed being with you. I'll see you next time right here as we take our study to the next place. I've got more I want to talk about. You don't want to miss the next study. The next study is phenomenal. It will help you learn how to fight. See you next time. Bye-bye.